0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kate Butler podcast. I am so happy to be with you today. I'm going to be sharing my background story today, uh, which some of you may already be aware of elements of the story, but I really want to dive in because I think it's really important when we can look back to connect the dots and really see number one, how far we've come, uh, but also to really start to see how each thing in our past, each element, each step has actually led us to exactly where we are today. I think what that does is it allows us to know that where we are right now is also perfect. So regardless of whether we're going through hardship right now, challenges right now, we're experiencing any type of pain right now in our life, uh, strain in relationships, right? Wherever we are right now is in fact a stepping stone right? To get to where we're meant to be in the future. Just like when we look back at hardships in the past, they were preparing us for what would become the next level or the next best thing in our life. And so when we look back at things like this, you know, it it provides a level of comfort for me um, so that I can trust. I can trust in my higher power. I can trust in God, right? I can trust in the elements of the universe supporting me, which to me feels extremely comforting. So, you know, I was a type of kid that I I honestly never really fit in. <laughs> If I'm being totally transparent, would you know I will always be right? And so I never fit in. I was never the type of person who had, you know, that best friend or that one circle of friends or really anything like that because I could never get to the place where I could relate or even really contribute to what. Little girls were talking about, or teenagers were talking about. I would try, I would do my best, I would show up to the parties or, you know, go to the sleepover. But I just could not get behind the things that seemed important at that time to, you know, teenagers, which totally makes sense. I get it. They're children. Um, But for me, I just, could not bring myself to talk about things that I felt like were trivial. And it wasn't that I thought I was better than anyone else. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. It was almost like I wasn't wired that way. Like my brain did not work in a way where I could, you know, talk about things that seemingly didn't matter to me. So I always knew that there was like a bigger picture out there for me, like a bigger why out there for me. I did not know exactly what that looked like yet, but I knew from a very, very small age that there was something bigger out there for me, that there was a bigger purpose, not only for me, but for all of this. So I never understood why people were wasting their time, <laughs> right? I never understood why people were wasting their time um, getting wrapped up in things that didn't matter because If you were wasting time doing that, then you were not spending time in fulfilling your purpose, right? Or spending time discovering what that purpose was for you, which to me made sense from the, from the, since I can ever remember, I was the kid who would be running out to the mailbox to collect the newspapers that got sent for free, the free magazines that you got in the mail because we didn't really subscribe to any of that, right? Like my dad's nickname is Frugal Phil, if that tells you anything about the way I grew up. And, you know, so there wasn't a lot of extras coming in the house. Let me just put it that way, uh, to say the least, uh, unless I went shopping with my mom, right. Then there were some extras coming in the house and we would have to hide the bags from my dad. (laughs) That led to some funny things down the road. We'll talk about that in another episode, but um, anyway, it was tons of fun. So basically I would be running out to the mailbox and I'd be collecting whatever I could get my hands on, newspapers, magazines, pictures, right? And I remember creating what would be dream books back then, right? This was before there was any language out there around vision boards, right? Or um, this was not mainstream uh, information that vision boards were a thing. um, The secret wasn't out yet. Nobody talked about mindset or really goal setting or anything under that umbrella at that point uh, when I was a child. But I instinctually knew that this was something that I was called to do. I would cut out pictures um, of goals that I had for myself, places that I saw myself living, um, things that I wanted to do in my life. And know this will give away a little bit right about you know what life was like when or how old you know i was when this was all occurring but i remember that when i would score one of those binders that had the pages that you would peel back and it was sticky underneath and then you got to put the the plastic back on and uh, pat it down right so that it became smooth again and all the pictures stayed in place underneath those DreamWorks books were like gold to me, right? Because everything stayed in place. The ones uh, where they were just like the sleeves or the pockets of plastic that you put the things inside. I would use those, but I didn't like how they shipped it all around every time you turn the page. So they were not my favorite. <laughs> to be able to see my dreams, see them clearly, and flip through the pages at my leisure, right? This was what was fun for me. So everyone else in the neighborhood was outside playing tag. Actually, in my neighborhood growing up, jailbreak was a big game, right? So everyone was out there playing jailbreak. And here I am <laughs> trying to find free magazines to create my dream book, right? This just gives you a little bit of an insight as to, you know, who I am and how I began on this journey of personal development, personal growth, and you know, really someone who believes deeply in not only my dreams but dreams for others. So I got to college, and I had continued this whole idea um, of creating dream boards. Right, I would have the cork boards up all over my walls. If it wasn't a cork board, I had quotes that I put up. I would cut out quotes. I would put them all over my walls, um, and I had specific pictures right again about where I wanted to go what I wanted to do after college what I wanted my life to become and I even had this map that showed me going from the east coast to the west coast because one of the big dreams that I had since I was a child was that I wanted to live in California I grew up on the East Coast, um, and so my parents said, "Oh, you can go to college on the West Coast, but if you do, you're completely on your own." The, you know, at 18 years old, and I wasn't ready for it quite yet at 18. So I said, "I'm going to go to college on the East Coast, but please keep in mind that for four years, right." Um, I am going to be preparing to live in California because it's ultimately what I want to do. So I'll spend the next four years going to college on the East coast. But as soon as I graduate, I am going to go ahead and in fact, uh, fulfill that dream. And I did. So I went to college. I graduated four years later um, from Towson University, which is located in Towson, Maryland. And I packed up my little tiny Nissan Sentra with everything that would fit in my car. Um, and I actually did not pack them in suitcases or uh, you know anything that was restricting. I used trash bags. I used plastic trash bags to pack up my stuff because I could shape it and bend it and it could maneuver easier and I could fit more things in my Nissan Sentra (laughs) than if I packed the stuff in suitcases. So I actually packed all of my things in trash bags and I drove across country. Um, And when I got to California, I didn't have a job lined up yet or anything like that. So I drove up and down the coast until I found a place that felt really good for me. Uh, So I didn't get as north as San Francisco. I knew that I wanted to be warm. You know, I wanted warmer weather than that. Um, And I, when I got to the LA area, I went a little bit north of that, but I just wasn't really kind of into the whole LA vibe. I love the LA vibe to visit. I didn't want to live in the LA vibe. Right. And so I drove down the coast and I landed in Orange County. I always say that if I had gotten as uh, South as San Diego, I probably never would have come home <laughs> because I live on the East Coast now again. But I landed in Orange County and I stayed there. Uh, we, I got an apartment, I found a job there and I ended up staying in California for uh, the better part of seven years. Uh, and it, you know, it's really interesting because uh, when I was visualizing living there I didn't know exactly what it looked like. It was more of a feeling for me. So I didn't put two and two together as far as like when I got there, I just kind of drove up and down until I kind of synced in with that feeling. But that's what it was for me. I really needed to just align with, okay, like this is my dream and I'm open to what may unfold, but I guess this is where it's supposed to happen. So I ended up getting a job at a marketing agency. I thought, oh, this is so cool. Like I went to school for marketing and mass communications and interpersonal communication studies. I had like all these crazy majors going on at once. And I was like, this is perfect, right? And I get into this marketing agency and I realize that no one is making any money. For the owner of the company, right? And so good for her. Um, however, I was like, well, where am I really gonna go here? Right? Like, if the people who are literally they were working 70 hours a week, crazy, crazy hours, 70, 80 hours a week. Um, and, but I got to know these people over the course of a year working there, and I really uh learned and came come to find out they were not making what I would consider to be. A decent like amount of money or anything that I wanted to strive for. Um, so I left that position and I went to I, I was seeking a job that in my language at the time, I kept saying, I just want someone to pay me for how hard I work, right? And so I was looking for commission jobs and I landed on a recruiting position. And so I ended up working at this company where I did get a very small base salary, but it was an opportunity for me to create my own salary based on how many sales I got, which was helping people find jobs. So for me, that felt like a win-win-win all the way around, right? It felt like I was getting compensated for the work that I did. It felt like I could create my own salary. It felt like I was helping people in the process. Like it was literally the absolute perfect, uh, ideal, picture that I had had for myself when I thought about what I might be doing with my life. Like, I didn't know exactly what it looked like, but I knew what it it felt like, and it felt just like that when I got that first job. What was fascinating to me was that upon landing into that company, I started to learn about the owner of the company. His name was Bernie Halroyd. Um, and he is someone who, he, this he came over from England when he was in the fourth grade, I believe, because I don't think he ever finished fifth grade. So he had basically a a fifth grade education, but I don't even think he completed the fifth grade. And he came over to the United States and, you know, for whatever reason, didn't get super caught up in the school system. Um, But what he did, what he explained in many, many times that I sat and spoke with him and met with him, he said, I learned people, Right. So I wasn't someone who could learn in school, but I was someone who understood people and I understood how to think about people. And I understood how to think for myself. And I I really didn't understand what he meant at that time until further conversations and learning more about him. How I started to learn more was that he introduced uh, several books. When you signed on to this company, you had to read several books and, um, and listen to at that time, CDs, right. Um, they were like audios, right. That there was no, um, (laughs) this is so funny. There was no, like, you know, I don't know, downloads or SoundCloud or, you know, anything like that at that time. So we had audios on CDs and I would play these in my car, uh, I had an hour commute every single day, one way, right? So two hours in the car each day. And I would play these because it was part of my training. And the one um, person that really stuck out to me amongst all the other books that we read, but they all were along the same theme, but it was Earl Nightingale. And it was first The Strangest Secret, then it was Acres of Diamonds, and there were several others to follow as well. And it was all about mindset. It was all about mindset and they didn't call it mindset at that time. There wasn't that buzzword traveling around at that time, but that's exactly what it was. And the strangest secret is a, I want to say 23 to 30 minute audio that you could probably just grab right on YouTube nowadays. And it tells you every, it basically summarizes think and grow rich into a 30 minute audio. It is absolutely phenomenal. I didn't know about Thinking Grow Rich then, right? But everything that was being shared in this 30-minute audio made so much sense to me. This is before I read The Secret. This was before like any of this mainstream stuff that are coming out around personal development. It was everything that I had always known about my life and things that I had done throughout my life, but I never knew why I did them. I didn't know why I was doing dream books. I didn't know why I was setting those goals. I didn't know why I was putting those boards up in college. I didn't know why I was chasing a feeling to California, right? So it started to put all this language to everything that I had followed it. It started to put language behind my intuition, right? And I became obsessed with it. I would listen to it every day. And I was like, I just can't get over just how much this speaks to me, right? Like I just can't get over that someone else, someone else out there also believes these things, right? There's someone else out there that is actually speaking this language. So I would listen to it every day. And it took everything that I knew, but it took it a step further. So I began setting more goals. I began to um, write things down. I began to uh, put very specific Uh, parameters around my goals, if you will, right? Like not to limit my goals, but to also be more specific about what I was asking for, what I was calling in, what I was inviting in, and also the consistency of doing that on a daily basis. So I not only did it for myself at that time, um, but I was also encouraging my team to do that. And through these Personal growth philosophies through this language of mindset, through these very specific goal setting strategies, right? That I learned through Earl Nightingale, but also that I started to learn through all these other books that we'll begin to talk about here in this series as well, is that I began to learn how manifestation actually happens, because things started to pop. Things started to pop right and left, right? And nobody could understand how I was doing it. And I couldn't understand how they weren't doing it, because we all had access to the same information. The major difference was, is that I believed in it. Like, I believed in it hook, line, and sinker. I was fully invested in this information. I also deeply, deeply believed in it because I had been acting as if my entire life without realizing that I was. I had been making moves based on these success techniques without knowing that they were a proven success technique. So it was almost like the proof I needed to say, you're on track. What you're doing is working. Now take it a step further. Within one year of learning that information, I was 25 years old and I was running a multi million dollar office. Everyone who worked for me was older than I was. Some of them were 20 or 30 years older than I was, right? And here I was just saying, just come with me, just trust me, just put these success tools, tips, and belief systems into place, and your success will also be unlimited. And it did. It grew our office. We were always achieving awards for our office. We were always, you know, a top 20 office in the entire company all around the world. Uh, we achieved major, major levels of success. But this was my first taste. actually what this could look like, right? What this could look like when we effectively apply mindset techniques, yes, success techniques, yes, but also what happens when we fully, fully believe in them as well. So I encourage you today to Check in with yourself about where are your beliefs right now because our beliefs change over time, right? They are repetitive thoughts that we allow into our mind chatter that we have on repeat every 43 minutes in our brain all day long. These become our beliefs. And so I wanna challenge all of us, right? Including myself to check in and say, what are we believing right now in our life? What are we believing today? Um, And where may there be an opportunity for us to change our belief, to expand our belief, right? Where may there be some room for us to create a new belief that may start to take us to a new level of success. Because if I've heard anything about this journey and all of the accomplishments that have come since, you know, being 25 all the way up until now, um, I have learned that truly the accomplishment is not what it's all about. uh, Because once you have accomplished that, thing that you have in mind you are so happy but how long does that happiness actually last for sometimes a day sometimes a week and if you're lucky maybe a little bit longer than that but generally it's the challenge of it the chase of it uh the doing of it that really lights us up inside right and so i want to encourage you to say uh What's next? Not in a way of that we're not grateful for what we already have, but what's next in the way of, you know, what is really going to blow my hair back, right? Like what is going to be, uh, what is next for us? and shoot me some messages and post some things here. Let me know what that looks like for you. I would love some insight and some feedback around what beliefs you are currently holding on to that no longer serve you, what beliefs instead you can replace them with that can open you up to a new level of unlimited potential in your life. Loved having you here today. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you all again soon. Bye-bye.